Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, if you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and get that out. Some of you are like, oh yeah, we still haven't done that yet today. Um, Go ahead and uh, grab your Bibles. Uh, If you're new to church, maybe it's your first time to church ever or your first time to church in a while. If you brought a Bible, it's great. Uh, We're going to start actually in the book of Acts, chapter 13. Um, but maybe you're new to church uh, and you don't, didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. Um, but I want to encourage you to use a phone or a tablet, whatever you have with you today. There's some great Bible apps you can download. Um, I use one called YouVersion, Y-O-U-Version. You can download that, follow along uh, in Scripture with us today. One of the reasons I want to encourage you guys to do that today um, is because that's one of the things that may make our church a little bit different, is that when we listen to God's Word being taught, we don't just sit back and listen like we're listening to a comedian or a magician or someone that's, you know, a puppet that we're making dance or like someone that we just want to entertain us. We are listening to the word of God. Like what an amazing weighty thing. And so I don't want us to to make light of that. So one of the ways that you can actually participate in the time that we had, like the sermon time, is by taking notes. So I want to encourage you guys to take notes. Um, We've got, uh, if you brought a journal or something, that's great. We've got a notes page on your response card um, uh, that you can pull back out and take notes on, or you can take notes on your phone or tablet. So I just want to encourage you guys, that's one way you can participate is to take notes. But the other way is to actually follow along in God's Word. We will have it on the screens, but it's a really great way for you to follow along because you you can't highlight and underline the TV screens, all right? So uh, you can actually do that um, on your phone or in your Bible. So I want to encourage you guys with that. So as we turn there, um, I've got a couple of things I want to chat about. Um, And so you can just put a finger in your Bible or you can uh, open up on scroll to Acts 13 and uh, put your phone down for a second because I got a couple of things I want to chat about. Uh, before we dive into God's Word today. Um, So I've got a couple of announcements for you. As you know, um, we've been talking about this as a church since January. So in January, we announced um, that this would be a year that we would be moving our Sunday morning gathering. And, um, And so we didn't know at the time in January, we didn't know how that would happen or when that would happen or where that would happen. We just knew that our lease was going to be up sometime in the fall. And, uh, and we had started to outgrow this space. Um, especially in our, our kids' area, and we knew, okay, man, we want to be ready for what else God has for us. The other thing is, as a church like Impact Church, it's really easy to do that because Sunday mornings is not the ultimate of who we are as a church. So we are actually a church that meets in homes, in what we call community groups, all throughout the week, scattered all throughout our city. 
Okay, So that is who we are as a church. This is a celebration, a gathering of all those community groups and our friends and people that we invite along the way to come and gather and worship and celebrate what God's been doing through those community groups throughout the week. Um, and so community groups, man, that's really who we are as a church, and we don't need a building for that. And, uh, and so what's really great is uh, the Sunday morning thing. We can pack up and take anywhere we want um, because we're also portable. We pack all this stuff up uh, after church today. You'll see us do that. Wheel it um, into a storage room and come back early the next Sunday and pull it out and pack it, you know, set it all up. So anyway, so we, we've got a lot um, going on and, and we're flexible and nimble. So that means when God says move or go or do something, man, we can say yes. We don't have to sit back in a meeting and have like 25 meetings about it and weigh the costs and do this or that. When God says go, we can just go, yep, let's go. So we announced that in January. And then, um, and so we started looking and dabbling and praying and the church was praying. We were all praying and figuring out. And then we got a phone call in April that said the uh, Cornerstone Bible College, who owns this building, called me in April and said, hey, we're selling. And I was like, oh, I said, oh, okay, uh, when? And they were like, well, we need you out by July. And I was like, oh, okay, it's the end of April. Well, let's do this. All right, let's, let's pray. And so we start praying and we start knocking on doors because we didn't have anywhere to go. And we knocked on some doors and they're like, that'll be 20000 a month and that'll be 15000 a month and that'll be 10000 a month. And listen, you are a very generous church, but we ain't about to spend $20,000 a month on a storefront property, all right? Like, that's just not going to happen. We got other ways we can spend our money um, to support the kingdom of God uh, than opening up a grocery store, okay? So we didn't do that. Uh, we, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying really hard. All right. Um, anyway, it's a holiday weekend, so I'm just going to be myself. Um, so anyway, that, so that, that, that we kind of walked through that. And so we started knocking on doors going, man, what could we do? And what, and what does this look like? And so uh, we ended up um, talking and we thought July was going to happen. And so we kind of lined some stuff up. We had a couple of options of really just honestly other local church partners who said, listen, we don't want to see a, another church go homeless. So if you need a place, we've got a room you can meet in. We've got this you can do, you know, yada, yada, yada. We don't want you to worry. You're not going to be homeless. So, you know, keep us in mind. Man, we are so thankful for that. I just want you to know, man, that's a really big deal in this place. Um, now, listen, not every church gave us that option, um, but, uh, but several did. And uh, we should be eternally grateful um, for the churches and the other pastors who looked me in the eye and said, Brandon, you tell your people not to worry. If you can't find something, you've got a place here. You can, you can be here. So anyway, so I just wanted to say that was a really cool thing. So we walked through that and uh, dealing with money. And once we got to the point where we said, we're just not going to spend a ton of money on a location that we're in two to three hours a week. Like, we're just not going to do that building. And so what, God, what do you have for us? And, uh, and so then things with Cornerstone got messy, and I'll just fast forward, I'll spare you all the, all the details, but uh, uh, I just want to say, I, I think I earned my keep um, this last month, and uh, uh, answering those phone calls, but we, we made it through, and there was a lot of back and forth, and, uh, and so finally we got into a, uh, just a, a holding pattern. Uh, some stuff, nothing on our end. We were just kind of the middleman, uh, stuck in the middle. And, uh, and so we just prayed, and a few of us got together, and the elders, and we just prayed, God, give it, bring us to a point of resolution, um, because it got to the point where it could be like any day now, you just got to leave, and you, you can't come. And so, uh, so anyway, God worked it out, so much so 
that we were just like, Lord, what are you going to do? And, uh, and so as of this weekend, um, we've officially been released from our lease at Cornerstone, which was a big deal because we didn't want to sign a lease somewhere else and then still be on the hook here in case something happened. But listen, guys, not only that, but not only did we um, get out of our lease here, but um, Cornerstone is actually giving us and paying us to leave the building early. And we are using, oh wait, hold on, hold your applause. We are using that money to fund our go trips for the next couple of years. So we are going, yeah. Now listen, it ain't that much money, but we're going to be able to scholarship people as they get ready to go on go trips. We're going to be able to say, hey, you're $500 short, let's help with that. Hey, you're the, we don't want money to be any reason that anybody doesn't go fulfill their calling that God has for them. Um, and so, uh, isn't that so cool? It's amazing. It gives me chills as I think about it. And so not only did God provide a way out, uh, but God has provided what uh, people meant for us to use for buildings. Uh, we're actually just going to use to send people around the world uh, to go share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and so I know you may be wondering, well, Brandon, where are we going to do? What, where are we going to be? And, uh, and so um, there's another local church down the road. It's called River Club Church. And some of you uh, may have heard of it before, um, but they have um, kind of experienced a new season in their ministry, and they have some space that they don't use um, in their church. And it just so happens that space has its own exit and entrance, that uh, that space has um, an entire kids ministry area um, that can hold dozens and dozens of children, that it has its own parking lot, uh, that it has its own everything. And they're going to allow us to put up signs, and they're going to allow us to direct people there and have our own space. And we're going to have meeting spaces that we can have next steps parties in and trainings and discipleship workshops and all of this, all the things that we normally have to tell you, hey, everybody, we're leaving here because we've got to be out in 30 minutes and we're going to go across town 20 minutes and go do this. We won't have to do that anymore. We'll be able to make disciples um, right there on Sundays. But listen, we're not going to use that building because a lot of people are like, oh, great, you can do this there and this there and this there. Listen, we are still not a church that is a building. We are still a church that is the people. And we're not going to forsake because we saw what a pandemic did, right? When it shut the billions of dollars, we're going to be a church that becomes dependent on a building um, because God has given us millions of dollars worth of buildings called our homes that we are able to use for the glory of God, all right? And so, uh, so how cool is that? Um, and so can we just give the Lord some praise for what he's done and how he's provided? So listen, um, we'll put on the screen, uh, let me just kind of give you a timeline of what you can expect and uh, what's going to happen. So um, our last Sunday here is going to be July 16th. We have two more Sundays uh, here in this building. So our last Sunday here is going to be on July 16th. And then the next Sunday on July 23rd, we're going to meet at Old Mill Park um, to do church outside. We're going to do church at the park on July 23rd and, uh, and be able to uh, uh, be at the park. We're also going to offer up river baptism. So if you've never been baptized and getting baptized in a river is your thing, you know, Jesus did that. Uh, then you are more than welcome and we'll have some signups and things you can do for that. And uh, we'll have picnic and we'll just really as a church use that as a time to catch our breath to another. Praise God for what he's done. 
praise God for his provision, and look forward um, to another chapter of Impact Church. And, uh, and so it's just going to be an exciting time, and uh, we'll talk through logistics about that in the coming weeks. So don't forget, you've got an amazing staff as a church that has already started working on these details and, and doing this. And let me just say, this has not been easy, because until Saturday, I could not tell anyone anything definitively. Everything was hypothetical, not because I was trying to keep anything, but because we didn't have, we did not know what was going to happen. Um, and so things were very volatile. So I just want you to know, man, we have an amazing, you have, you have an amazing staff and amazing serve team leaders and just amazing people who, and community group leaders who have worked their tails off um, to say, hey, one day we're just going to say we're doing this and we're going to start doing it. And they've been awesome. And then on July 30th will be our first Sunday at our new location. All right. Um, and so we've got, I don't know how many Sundays that is, four, four maybe um, Sundays, but you may notice a, a little bit bit of a difference is we're going to be changing the time of our service. So we're not going to be meeting at 1030. We're going to be meeting at 10 o'clock. All right. And you can do it. You can do it. All right. It's going to be great. 10 o'clock. And uh, we're going to have coffee there. We're going to up our coffee game a little bit. And, uh, and we're, we're just going to be in our tea game for you tea drinkers. We'll make sure we have lots of caffeinated tea. And uh, we're going to step it up a little bit. All right, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, and we'll start doing that. Um, and so there is going to be a time change, an address change. But we're going to be communicating that along the way. Uh, if you're watching at, uh, on live stream, um, it's probably your first time to watch on live stream because you know I was going to say something about it today. So uh, welcome. Glad you found our live stream. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're just, we're just really great. So can I just offer um, a word of thanksgiving to the Lord? for the way. And I, listen, I, one more thing. I know you may have questions. Um, I want to assure you, I do too. And uh, we all got questions. I want to assure you, I'm, I'm telling you as much as I know um, when I know it. And, uh, and I know you know that. You guys have been an amazing, awesome church. And not one time, I want you to hear me say this. This is big for me. May not, you may not care, but this is big for me. Not a single time have I ever felt pressured or anxious because of the way our church has responded to this. Not a single time, not even half of a time, not even a let me make it up in my head time. All I have felt is encouraged and pushed forward by the mission that God has called us to. And that is a result of, of you and the spirit working in you. So thank you very much for that. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much, Lord, for your provision for your church. God, thank you so much that your church and to start more churches that we don't need buildings. Lord, we just need people and we need the Spirit of God. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for working your way. God, thank you for providing for this church. God, thank you for using every intricate detail for your glory. And, uh, and so, Lord, um, we may have questions, and I know there's a lot of people in our church that are going to be serving really hard in the next few weeks to, to make this happen. So, God, give us grace. Give us grace with you. Give us grace with one another. Lord, don't let the enemy use anything to cause divisions among us. But Lord, give us unity and grace because, God, we have a mission and we have a vision from you, um, Lord, to, to see the gospel of Jesus Christ advance here in Fredericksburg, throughout the D.C. area, and ultimately among every nation on earth. May that never be hindered. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Amen. Come on. That's awesome. All right. All right. So listen, get into God's word. Some of you are like, man, I should have packed a lunch today. It's okay. We're going to be all right. All right. So listen, uh, you guys all at Acts chapter 13. All right, great. Um, so listen, I want to introduce a new sermon series that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks uh, to you. Um, it's a uh, sermon series that we are calling what on earth is missions 
send me, all right? Um, and so this is kind of an opportunity for us as a church to talk about what is missions. Like, what does this mean? What does what uh, missions mean? And this really comes from my heart where I've, I've heard, like, so many Christians and even us as a church, we talk about being on mission. And, I mean, for goodness sakes, our name is Impact Church, all right? Going forward, that packs a little bit of a punch. Like, you just know, like, okay, there's this mission that's going forward. What does that mean? Um, and we say things like, like if, you're, um, if you've been following Jesus for any bit of time, you've probably said things like, um, uh, a mission trip, right? We're, I'm going on a missions trip. Or maybe you've heard things like, I'm, I'm going to head out to the mission field, right? I'm going to the mission field. And, and what irks me about that is we say those things, and 90% of the time, we have no clue what we're talking about. We're just saying these words and throwing these words out. So then what happens is we say these words like mission trip, mission field, and uh, we, we say them, and then they start to scare us. We developed our own definitions, right? And we've developed definitions that, that scare us, <laughs> like definitions of missions where, <clears throat> you know, if somebody says uh, they're going to be a missionary, you immediately, all right, so just listen, think about it for a second, just hear me say this word, ready? Missionary. Every single one of you got a picture in your head. Maybe you saw a person, maybe you saw a place, Maybe you saw a certain thing, but every single one of you got a picture. Here's what else I know. They were all different. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different pictures and definitions and thoughts. And so here's why since we're new, instead of working on everybody's definitions, because some people may come to me and say, I would never be a missionary, and I would get offended. <clears throat> and I would go, what do you mean you'd never be a missionary? I'm a missionary. And they would go, you're not a missionary. And then I'm like, well, we have no clue what we're talking about right now. Like we are working on totally different definitions. So, <clears throat> excuse me, let's define it. But here's a kicker. Let's not define it as a church. Let's see how God's Word defines it. Let's open up God's Word over the next few weeks and read it and then just do what it says. Let's do that. And let's just see what might happen so that you don't know missions based on what I tell you missions is. So that we're not here to all get Brandon's definition of missions, okay? You don't want my definition of missions. It's probably really jacked up. So I need to be with you, and we all need to open up God's Word and read it and say this is what it is. But let's not just read it and go, yes, I have a very biblical, scholarly definition that I can translate in both um, uh, ancient Hebrew and ancient Greek. Like, let's not do that. Let's just read it, and then let's do it. Let's do what it says as a church. Um, so let me just share with you uh, today, and, that, and that's kind of what we're just introducing today. And so when I hear Christians talk about missions, these are some of the biggest excuses that I hear Christians talk about as to why they are scared of missions or why they would never do missions. So I just want to say I've been doing ministry for a really long time. I've served on staff at a church since I was 18 years old. I've been doing this a long time. I've heard all sorts of excuses. I just wrote the first six that came to my mind. Yes, some of you have said these before. Um, yes, I have said most of these before um, up until probably the last 10 years. And I've got, Wes is here. He's known me for a long time. He can tell you all the times that I've said these things. All right. He's probably got them written down in a journal somewhere. Um, and so 
I want you to, want you to take a look at some of the, these excuses, and maybe you've heard them before. So listen, this is not to shame you, okay? This is not to shame me. This is for us to look at it and go, wow, maybe I do have an unbiblical or a wrong or just a definition of missions that I've never thought about before, okay? So here's some of the, this is number one. This is by far the most number one, and if you say this, I will karate punch the wall, okay? I'm not going to, um, but number one, I don't feel called. You guys ever heard that before? Some of you are like, yeah, I said it 10 times this morning. Um, I don't feel called, right? We say that all the time. Hey, you want to go on a mission trip? Hey, you feel like maybe God's calling you to, into missions or you want to be a missionary? And that's, it's like we don't even think about it. It's like it just, it just comes out. I don't feel called. I'm not called to do that, right? We're going to unpack calling in a couple of weeks. Um, number two, I hear this a lot. My family would not support it. So my, and I often hear this among college students um, and high school students who say things like, well, my parents would never let me do that. My parents would not support me if I did that. Um, I hear this a lot. It's too expensive. Um, it's too expensive. And not just to take a trip, but like it's too expensive to do missions. Or how would I do this? Or how would I, how would I get a car? Or how would I live in another country? Or how would I do this? And so we immediately write it off as um, the money makes it an impossible situation. Um, I hear this a lot. It's too dangerous. Now, now this usually comes from a well-meaning aunt who watches too much news. And, uh, and has heard that you're taking a mission trip to somewhere and then found like on the fifth page of CNN an article that, you know, there was some sort of crime in a neighborhood in this major city that you're going to. And, uh, and, and so I can promise you that most of the places that we go, it is just as dangerous. Mean, let's be honest, it's dangerous going to Costco in Fredericksburg, all right? Like, it's just, there is an amount of danger wherever we go. Um, I, I hear this a lot. Well, we have needs right here. Why would I go? Because when we have needs right here, and uh, I'm not, I'm not going to preach today, but we, we're going to talk about that one in a couple of weeks too. And, uh, and then this one, I'm not spiritually ready for that. I'm not, I need to grow a little bit more until I, until I go. Now for some people that is true, okay? And I, I love you, but that, for some of us that's true, all right? But for most of us it's not, okay? Um, and so this is, this is what I hear a lot. So I'm about to share with you a quote that immediately, if this is a new thing for you, you're going to hear it and you're going to like recoil. Like you're going you're gonna to be like, ooh, I don't like that. Okay? So I want you to listen to this quote. You guys ever heard of a guy named Charles Spurgeon? Okay, some of you have. Some of you are like, is he on TikTok? I think I follow him on TikTok. Um, <laughs> you probably do, and he probably is. Um, but he's been dead for a long time, so that's kind of weird. But, um, but Charles Spurgeon um, said this. He had this quote, and this is actually a real quote. I fact-checked it. It's not like something we say, oh, Abraham Lincoln once said. Um, this, is, this is Charles Spurgeon. He said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. See, the way we define word go, that's not true. Because most of us would go, that's not true because I love God and I follow Jesus, but I am not called to be a missionary. And I would tell you, with all the pastoral love I have for you in my heart, you just have a wrong definition of missions. And that's over the next few weeks, we need to readjust our thoughts and, and, and definitions based on God's word, 
not based on what we know or have seen. Because most of us haven't even seen healthy models of missions. And, uh, and so we, if we are, as a new church, we need to develop that. So listen, um, I used to play a lot of video games. Um, I don't as much anymore, although now I have a seven, or if you talk to him this week, a um, six days away from being eight-year-old son, and he started getting into video games. And so I started getting back into him just to kind of teach him how to play, and, but now he's like way better than me, so like I don't teach him anymore. And, um, and so I used to play a lot of video games, and, um, and it was always fun because the biggest thing like one of the, was to unlock secret levels, right? Um, and they were like, well, this is old school. Like I'm talking, I grew up like Super Nintendo, uh, N64, anybody know? It had the joystick. Do you know what I'm talking about, anybody? And, uh, and some of you are like, Atari? No, I'm talking, uh, that's before me. I'm talking Super Nintendo. I'm talking N64, uh, PlayStation, old school Sega Genesis, where you could only play Sonic the Hedgehog. So that's all they had, okay? That's, that's me. All right, that's how I grew up. And uh, so it was always fun because you could unlock a secret level. Um, But guys, listen to me. Like a lot of times, that's how we treat being a missionary, that it's a secret level that we have to unlock in order to do it. And that's not true. Being a missionary is not a secret level that you have to have a mystical experience to accept. Were you saved? Then you were saved to serve. And so every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. And so everywhere, if Jesus has saved you, listen, you've got a purpose. And everywhere you step is a missions field. Everywhere. A mission field is not a third world country. It is everywhere a Christian goes. Because if you are a Christian, you are a missionary, which means everywhere you step is your mission field. Your home is your mission field. If you're at Mary Washington at the university, that is your mission field. If you go to work and you work at at Dahlgren or at the Pentagon, that is, the Pentagon is no longer a defense department. It is a mission field, okay? Everywhere a Christian goes, they turn those buildings and those places into mission fields because every Christian was saved for a kingdom purpose, and that is the mission of God. So hear me say this, missions does not begin by getting on a plane, all right? Missions does not begin by getting on a plane. Missions begins with prayer. Missions begins with prayer and with worship, all right? So let's dive in. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read two passages of scripture to you, and I'm going to explain just a little bit, and then we're going to be done today. All right, here's the first passage, Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Hopefully you're there. If you're there, if, you're, if you are there, whoo, words are hard, say I'm there. Yeah. All right. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, a Menean, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. So I'm not going to explain who all these people were, but you need to understand they were some of the most notable people that were in a church in a town called Antioch. Everyone say Antioch. 
All right, now this was a town that if it wasn't for this church being started there, many of you and most Christians would never hear about this town. You would not know that it existed. But it became very significant because there were some people who went. There were a lot of prophets, a lot of teachers. There was Barnabas. That dude was a really wealthy guy who all, all he did was go around and encourage people. Um, there was Simeon who had come, most people think probably from North Africa, um, and he was there. Um, and then there's all these other people that are just really notable. Um, and, and then Saul. Saul is the Apostle Paul, all right? So I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's kind of a notable guy as well in Christianity, all right? So they're all a part of this church, okay? And they're all like the leaders you would want in your church because they're tithing really well, they, they're smart, they know what they're doing, they're good leaders, like they've got vision, they've been with Jesus, so they kind of know what Jesus would want. I mean, these are people you would want in your church. All right, go to verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Okay, you need to underline that part. You need to understand this was while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. While they were in a gathering just like this. And you need to understand the word fasting also implies prayer. Okay, so you, the point of fasting was to pray. Okay, so, so while they were worshiping and fasting and praying, listen to what happened. The Holy Spirit said... Oh, somebody underlined that word said. Because, you know, we hardly ever talk about the Holy Spirit that he says something. It's always that he, we felt something. And I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit like spoke to the, could you imagine what that would be like if, if we were in church and then you got out of church and you left and you called a friend up or texted somebody and they said, how was church today? And you said, the Holy Spirit talked. They would be like, oh yeah, what did you feel him say? You go, I didn't feel him say nothing. Let me tell you what he said. Like, could you imagine the comments on YouTube that we would get if all of a sudden the Holy Spirit started talking in this place? The, whole, the church was gathered and the Holy Spirit said, what did he say? Like, if you're the Holy Spirit and you're falling on the church, what would be so important that you didn't make your people depend on an emotion or a feeling or a hunch, but you needed to come down and say something. What would the Holy Spirit say? This is what he would say. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Off. Out. Not out of the room, out of the city. Like, you guys are two of our best in our church. Now pack your bags, because the Holy Spirit has said, you just, you're going on a go trip. And you're, we're sending you out. And listen, it was from that work that Paul and Barnabas would go out and plant a church together. And then they would decide to go different ways. And Paul would go over here and plant another church. And Barnabas would go over here and help plant another church. And it is how the church eventually came to the United States of America. Was from this moment right here. And do you know how it started? Not by years of discipleship. They didn't have years of discipleship. It did not happen with a mystical cloud covering everyone. It did not happen because of an emotion. This happened because they were worshiping and praying. 
The call to missions occurs after God is worshipped and prayed to. Missions is birthed out of worship. We do not do missions so that people will worship. We worship and from there we fall so in love with Jesus that the only option we have is to go make him known in places where he is not known. That, that is it. So if you wonder, man, for, for us literally to say I don't feel called is almost like saying I, I haven't really been worshiping. I haven't really been praying. I don't really fast. And what's sad is, is that might actually be true of some of us. And so guys, I want to encourage you as we seek the Lord in this place Man, they were worshiping God. They were giving Him glory. They were fasting and praying. And God told them exactly what He wanted them to do. And out of it was birthed a disciple-making and church-planting movement that changed the world. But listen, their gathering was not larger than this. They were not in a stadium. They were in a house. And had about as many people as this and they worshiped and they prayed and they fasted and God used them to birth a gospel movement that we are still talking about thousands of years later. Guys, what we do when we meet in our homes on Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night matters. It matters because it's where the mission of God is. We don't have to say things like, I don't feel called because we don't have to put the mission of God based on a feeling. The mission of God is not based on our feelings. If it was, I would have quit 17 times over the last two months. Not really, but I don't know, maybe. Guys, we don't do missions. We do not fulfill the mission of God based on our feeling. So why do we, why do we put something like a calling, like a purpose for our life, and base that on a feeling? Man, our feelings are so futile. They change like the wind. But God never changes. So we cannot use words like, I don't feel Him calling me. What we have to do is go, man, what is God saying? That's why when we open up God's Word in community group, I don't look at my group and say, what do you guys feel like this is saying? I don't care what they feel like it's saying. The question is, what's it say? What does it say? What is God saying? And let's do that. Man, for so long, the church of Jesus in America has advocated the mission of God and allowed people to go to hell because we don't feel like going to them. We would never say that. Or maybe, maybe we would. If we have a missions problem in our heart, it's probably because we have a worship problem in our heart. So let me show you one more passage. You guys got one more in you today? Isaiah chapter 6. And I promise I'm, I'm going to start preaching here in just a second. Isaiah chapter 6. <laughs> it's a joke. Isaiah, gathering our work, starting in verse 1. I'm going back to the Old Testament. This is a passage that Gavin and our worship team read to us uh, last Sunday night, our worship night. But I want you guys to hear one of the most dramatic, vivid worship experiences 
in the entire Bible and what the result was of that worship experience. Okay? Here we go. Most of us base it as a good worship experience if we get the chills. Listen to how Isaiah tells us this was a good worship experience. Starting in verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe, that means the bottom of his robe, filled the temple. Temple represents the place of worship. Above him stood the seraphim. Those are like angelic creatures. Each had six wings. With two he covered two another. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another. In other words, they're having a shouting match. What are they shouting? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Oh, come on. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of Him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. That means I'm doomed. I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In other words, I'm wretched. I'm dirty. I'm messed up. I'm not spiritually strong enough. I'm not ready for this. I don't know enough. I haven't been to seminary yet. I've got sin in my life. I I haven't dealt with some things. I've got secrets in my closet. I don't know what's going on. Woe is me. I am lost. I am doomed. This is not going to end well for me. Because I am in the presence of God. And in verse 6 it says, One of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Church, that's what Jesus does for us. For Isaiah, he picked up a coal from the altar. But now, today, Jesus came and laid his life on the altar. And God transfers that holiness, that splendor, that majesty, that glory, that righteousness straight from his son on the cross and puts it into all those who believe in the name of Jesus. You, your sin has been accounted for. Your debt has been paid. You have been washed white. Your sin is remembered no more. Your guilt, your shame is a memory. That's the good news of what Jesus can do for us. Come on, is that a worship service? So what's the response? The chills? What's the response? Going out to Denny's afterwards and going, that was a really good service? What's the response? Sharing it on your reel, on Instagram? Like, what what does he respond with this worship experience that he's had? And I heard the voice of the Lord saying in verse 8, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. (laughs) Send me. And God said, Isaiah said, the only response I have is surrender. Because he got the gospel. Man, he was freshly saved. He, the, the, the cross 
wasn't dull for him yet. The empty tomb wasn't just a phrase or a holiday yet. This was legit. And the only response he had was, well, I'm here. Send me. And man, what would happen? What would change in our world if the church started worshiping God and hearing the gospel and our response wasn't, that was a good service. But our response was, I don't know, I'm here. My life is open. I'm available. I've got a blank check. Send me. And at that moment, Isaiah didn't know he was going to go. He was just offering his life. And most of us never even get to that point. Because there are times that God may tell you, man, I know you're here, my daughter, my son. I know you're here. And I'm somewhere else so much. I've got a different plan for you. We're going to do something else. We're going to go somewhere else. So Isaiah didn't know. He just surrendered and said, here I am. And guys, that's where we've got to get to. But too many of us are so scared that if we surrender our life to God's purposes, he's going to send us to an African village. We're too scared of that. Why? What's wrong with that? Nothing. What's wrong with living among people in Africa where people will never know your name? and never know you existed, but you will make Jesus famous, and you will provide water for the thirsty, and food for the hungry, in the name of Jesus Christ. What? How is that not a glorious life? Like, we're too scared that God's going to make us do something we don't want to, that we never even get to the point of surrender. But church, surrendering is your first step. But then God did say, go. Go. I accept you. I've cleansed you. I've readied you. I've prepared you. Now go. It was while Isaiah was worshiping God that the gospel swept him off his feet and moved him to where God had for him. So worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up, but I want to encourage you as a church to do a few things today. Number one is this. Number one, we're going to take communion here in just a second. And when we take communion, I need to encourage you to do this. Don't just come and open this up and drink and eat the cracker. Go take it to your seat and stare at it for just a second and ask yourself, have you come to grips with the massive implications that the death and resurrection of Jesus has for your life? Not for my life, but for every follower of Jesus' life. Just sit and stare at the at the juice that represents the blood for a second and go, man, is the life I'm living worthy of that blood that was shed for me on the cross? Am I living a life worthy of Jesus cleaning me up? Uh, The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to worship, and we're going to sing a song. And uh, maybe this needs to be a moment that you legit worship, and maybe you need to get on your knees before God Maybe you need to come down to the front and publicly get on your knees so that everyone knows, man, they're surrendering. Something's going on. And then there can be some accountability. Maybe you need to sit at your seat. Maybe you need to stand up and for the first time in your life, raise your hands and go super out of your comfort zone and go, God, I'll surrender. The third thing is this. I want to ask you to pray. And could you pray this? Lord, Send me to the Pentagon this week. Send me to my office space this week. Send me back to my home with children who don't know Jesus. 
send me back to a spouse and a marriage. Lord, send, send me um, to the White House uh, to work this week. Lord, send me to, to Chick-fil-A this week. Lord, send me wherever I'm going. Lord, send me. Here I am. Why wouldn't you send me to be a missionary for you? So we're going to take communion, we're going to worship, and we're going to pray, and we're going to see if the Holy Spirit might say something today. So let me pray. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.